1: Welcome back to 32 fans in 32 days. I'm Alex Chester, as usual, with my co-host Akiva. Akiva, how was your weekend?
0: Uh, My weekend was good. Your, like, intros are very, like, enthusiastic. Maybe we should really practice these beforehand.
1: Well, I'm enthusiastic. (laughs) We're moving all the way up our rankings. We're up to the 13th-ranked Houston Texans. Although I have to point out, uh, the Texans are at 13, but we have a big, big tier break between 12 and 13 uh, you know, what we did to get these rankings is you ranked the teams 1 to 32, I ranked the teams 1 to 32, and then we averaged them. And uh, there are 12 teams whose average ranking is 11 or better. And then there's a big drop. Uh, Houston is next with a, an average of 15 ranking because I ranked them 14th and you ranked them 16th. But because all those middle teams are all bunched together Houston, the Giants, Kansas City, St. Louis, Minnesota, Carolina, Detroit, they're all, you know, within two points of each other, in ter- and Miami. It, it, they're all so close to each other that the difference between uh, 12 and 13 is bigger than the difference between 13 and 20, which I think makes sense because, you know, the, the Texans are a team that is really good, but their quarterback is so bad. And so with J.J. Watt, you're almost guaranteed to go eight and eight or nine and seven, but uh, much more than that might be tough.
0: No, well, they're one like, of the strangest. I mean, I guess we should maybe get into this with the guests, but just there's one of the strangest teams you'll see just because they're. You know, in a quarterback-driven league, they're they're like dominated by a single defensive player. We, we, you know, I don't know if we've seen that in thirty years, if ever, in the league. So
1: yeah, but there there's a lot of teams who are good, but for the quarterback this year. You have, I mean, obviously, have the Bills. Yeah, but they're not even good, but for
0: the quarterback without JJ Watt, I don't think. Who Houston? Yeah, I mean I guess let's get into this with the
1: guests. Yeah, well yeah, we'll bring our guests on in a minute. Um, you know, you also have the Rams who, you know, have a good defense but but have a terrible quarterback. Right, but the Rams then, aren't
0: reliant on one like uh, you know like immortal player.
1: Yeah. Well, because well, you don't have that many immortal players. But um all right, so maybe it's time if we're talking about immortality. How many immortal players are there?
0: <laughs> <laughs> what's your what's your immortality rankings?
1: Yeah. So do we mean like literally can't die? How literally are we taking this? I, I guess is the question. Um, you know, are, are, you're, you're watching Hard Knocks, I assume, right? Yeah, I, I am. But
0: I would say I give it a uh, one and a half stars out of five. That's the review five stars, not the like Ebert yeah. four stars.
1: Well, as um as the I the think Texans- they've done
0: it so many times, there's just no new angles for them to. It's like by the it's like painting by the numbers a little bit. Uh, the, yeah, you know, oh, Phil sure. O'Brien isn't, uh, isn't ex- especially exciting, but they don't have, they don't have a first- weird GM. I
1: uh, yeah, actually, Bill O'Brien's probably been the star so far. Uh, he's not so bad. Um, he started his first episode though, by saying, the Houston Texans is the most boring franchise. Nobody in the NFL knows about us. Nobody talks about us, and it's like, hey, guys, uh, you know, you're trying to get people to watch this on HBO. Right. Plus, you're
0: on Hard Knocks. Like they would never, they would sooner cancel it before they had the Jaguars on Hard Knocks. Let's not go so. Well, crazy but you know, there's the whole thing.
1: issue about how teams have been refusing to do it to the NFL. Not yeah, but force they haven't. For, they haven't
0: forced any, They haven't had to force anybody yet.
1: Well, but they made the formula where you know, basically right? Teams but I are think every encouraged. team would
0: have to turn them down first, and so it doesn't really work. Because there's pathetic teams that would always say yes if
1: asked. Uh, Would you want your team to be on Hard Knocks?
0: Yeah, well, I'm a Jets fan, so uh, I had no problem with that. You know, it was great. You get to know the players really well uh, in the NFL, and you really don't get to know them. Like, I don't follow anyone on the Jets on Twitter, not a single guy. So you get to see like little glimpses. You know, you get to like learn more about Antonio Cromartie's kids, stuff like that. I enjoyed that.
1: All right. Well, let's uh, let's let's bring it back to the Texans, and let's bring our guest on. Uh, here to talk about the 13th-ranked Houston Texans today, we have Yoni Pollock, the editor of House of Houston. Yoni, how are I'm you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm great. Uh, so what do you think about that 13th-ranking for the Houston Texans? It's
2: pretty much fair. It's that one spot right outside the playoffs where uh, last year they finished 9-7. and seven. Again, one spot outside the playoffs, and it really just comes down to a lack of a quarterback, which uh, – for now two years, it seems like they've ignored for some strange reason.
1: Well, so let's start right at top at the quarterback then. Uh, you know, Keith uh, and I were saying that we have been watching Hard Knocks, and so we've seen all about your, uh, your enticing quarterback battle between Brian Hoyer and Ryan Mallett, and it looks right now like Hoyer has the job. How do you feel about
2: uh, that? Hoyer is uh, one of the quarterbacks I probably hate the most in the league. Uh, last year, the Texans <laughs> came in with Fitzpatrick, <laughs> and he's about average at best at quarterback, and they traded for Mallet right I think at the end of the preseason right away I'm like you know I'd rather see Mallet at quarterback I know Fitzpatrick can only lead this team to somewhat around an 8 and 8 record Mallet could lead your team to the playoffs but he could also bust and I'll take a bust because that means you're going to the top of the draft and you could find a quarterback next year um, but they went with Fitzpatrick until, again, they went to the bye week four and five, obviously, because that's all Fitzpatrick could do. And uh, went to Mallet. Mallet played well, but then he got hurt. Then they went back to Fitzpatrick. He decided to break his leg. Then they went to Savage. Then they brought back Case Keenum, who all Texans fans love, and uh, finished a nine and seven outside the playoffs. And then this offseason, they come in, and uh, apparently Brian Hoyer was the top of the list at quarterback who they wanted. Uh, Bill O'Brien, obviously, coming from New England, so he's very familiar with Hoyer and obviously Mallett. And uh, from that day when they signed Hoyer and, and I, every, all Texans fans knew like that that was the guy that O'Brien wanted to start. And they claimed it was some sort of competition. But I mean, obviously, we're not we're not in the uh, at every practice. We're not at OTAs. We're not at many camps where we know who looks better and whatnot. But I mean, Hoyer certainly didn't win the job this offseason. He didn't win the job in, in the preseason. Granted, neither did Mallet. But uh, you're looking at Hoyer now starting. They announced it. uh just this past week and, uh, I, I, I'm not excited. I mean, Fitz. What, what was uh, to me, Fitzpatrick is better than Hoyer. Uh, you look at the numbers last year, and obviously, Hoyer played for Cleveland.
0: I'm getting excited about all this Fitzpatrick is mediocre talk, is it <laughs>
2: <laughs> No, I mean that. Right, that's a whole different thing with Fitzpatrick and Gino there. But uh, I mean, I think Fitzpatrick's just better than Hoyer. His numbers with the Texans actually last year were pretty. I mean, they were solid. They weren't. They're not. Again, he's not leading you to any victories, but he's really not going to
1: lose you many games that you sh- you know you should be winning. But. Um, well, let me ask you another question. You know, you mentioned how O'Brien has familiarity with these guys from the Patriots. And one thing I've noticed on Hard Knocks is Bill O'Brien is all in with guys from the Pats, both players, both coaches. And the, 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 the Bill Belichick coaching tree has not had a lot of success yet. So, do, you know, it's almost – are you nervous about that? Do you, because it doesn't just seem – it seems like, you know, you can't just translate that New England success somewhere else. And Bill O'Brien's bringing in all these Patriots. Yeah,
2: returns. I mean – like you said, there's no one that's proven success. I mean, a lot of Texans fans are excited about O'Brien, and uh, I guess coming after Kubiak's mediocre mediocrity coaching for the last several years, I don't really blame them. Uh, you know, you hear a guy coming from New England, great, like Belichick. We haven't we have a new Belichick, but uh, it's just like uh, everyone thinks he you know he grooms. QB so well and that's the talk in his first year what does he do he brings in a Fitzpatrick granted I mean the Texans haven't been in a position to really bring in a quarterback they used their number one pick to get Clowney and you know that was a draft where they could have maybe reached for Bortles they could have traded up to get Bridgewater from you know they picked in the first the first pick in the second round and Bridgewater went in the last pick of the first round um and Bridgewater is looking pretty good right now so uh a lot of people still trust O'Brien to make the right quarterback decision I don't know where that's coming from because uh you know all i've seen is a 9 and 7 team last year that that could have made the playoffs if so they had a half decent quarterback so yeah. i don't trust them fully yet but uh
1: Apparently, Texans fans do, so uh, I guess we'll see what happens this year. And then, of course, a running back, Arian Foster, who's one of the better running backs in the league, but he's always injured and he's out for, I actually heard today that he might be coming back as soon as the end of September, uh, which is better than when they thought they'd have to put him on the pup list. So, so maybe before we get to receivers, do you have an injury update on uh, Yeah, Foster? I mean,
2: uh, there, are, there are several reports coming out of Houston that he could be back anywhere between week two and week four, let's say, but uh, obviously, it's probably not, he's not going to be at 100%. They're probably going to ease him in at that point. But the Texans, the offense runs through Arian Foster. So, you know, if they're running out Alfred Brew week one, I mean, he's, he's not winning you any football games. And, uh, and so it'll be interesting, actually, to see how like week one and week two, if Foster's not back, how the offense runs. Are they going to throw more than they're used to? But, you know, the Texans have always liked to uh, pound the ball. And that's continued with O'Brien. And uh, I mean, they need Arian Foster back to have any success this season. Um, so if he's back anywhere between week two and week four, that's a huge win for the Texans.
1: Okay. So let me ask you then about some of the targets, uh, for whoever that quarterback is, assuming it's Hoyer or if it's down the line, if it's mallet to work with, obviously you lost Andre Johnson, probably the greatest Texan in, in franchise history. Uh, and you have Deandre Hopkins who looks like, you know, a star in the making at receiver, and then you brought in a lot of retreads. Cecil Shorts, who, you know, has shown flashes in Jacksonville, but but Nate Washington, who's getting up there in age. Jalen Strong, who at least on Hard Knocks has looked pretty good. Who's going to step up on the other side of Hopkins as another target for whoever the quarterback is? Right, so, is it's, I mean, him.
2: Hopkins, as you said, he's he looks like a star in the making. The guy is, you know, if, again, like kind of O'Brien said at the beginning of Hard Knox no one really watches the Texans because they're just, no one gives them respect. So if, if anyone has actually watched the Texans, Hopkins is one of the better one-on-one receivers. He could just go up there and grab almost any ball. Uh, so you have Hopkins is great but then they brought in Cecil Shorts who uh interesting he could work you know he could work in the flats basically and screenplays and slants um Nate Washington can maybe somewhat spread you know uh run some go routes and whatnot uh Jalen Strong looks like you know he's, he's been promising but he's gonna need some work um and I don't expect them to to bring him in you know right away and get him some playing time he's gonna have to work his way there but uh the uh offensive the offensive receivers are not they're not the sexiest names. Uh, they're not gonna win you Super Bowls. But again, kinda like what we mentioned, uh New England. They never really had those big names at receiver. Uh, obviously they brought in Randy Moss ones, but otherwise they've had what? Troy Brown, Deion Brandt, not the best receivers, good receivers, but not the best ones. Yeah, but, right, exactly. but Tom Brady's so like that's the problem. Than. I mean, you had Tom Brady, we have <laughs> Brian Hoyer. Um, you know, now they have Gronkowski, we have Garrett Graham and CJ Fedorowicz and Ryan Griffin, who – aren't the best, but you know, they're, they're all somewhat capable. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I don't expect Hoyer to be throwing 40 yard passes to Hopkins. Uh, I think we'll see a lot of seven yard, eight yard routes. Um, But hopefully they're not happening on third and 10 where we're going to have to punt, which we've seen a lot of with Kubiak in the past.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit of a scary proposition, you know, in a passing league that you're running your offense through a running back who's going to turn 30 soon. Uh, You know, even if he's a hundred percent healthy at some point early in the season, like, all these guys, the running backs that is go fast, uh, you know. Like yeah, one year they have Foster, it a lot of times, I mean, and the got- next year they don't. So it's you know it, it's going to happen soon for him, I would think.
2: Yeah, and I think last year maybe a back injury and also like a hammy injury. The, the guy, the guy seems to have something every year. Uh, hopefully, this early season injury will be the only one we see. But you know, the guy turns thirty, and in the NFL, anyone that starts to hit that thirty mark, the the uh, the graph kind of just points downwards. And that's something that the Texans, you know, they're hoping they could get one more year out of Foster because uh, I think his contract is coming up. We're at the point where they could kind of release him and not have to deal with any sort of cap hit. But Alfred Brew Blue looks somewhat promising, but I'm not holding my head up high there. Chris Polk's decent. Jonathan Grimes decent. They hope Kenny Hilliard could do something. A bunch, of, a bunch of names at this point. Uh, I'm of the belief where you could kind of find a running back anywhere, kind, kind of like how they did with Foster as an undrafted guy. But it's not looking so promising if Foster ends up hurt, which is something that Texans fans have to brace for. Again, if he ends up, quote-unquote, 100% healthy after week two, three, or four.
0: Yeah, it's worth saying also, Foster, um, again, because he was so lightly regarded, didn't really have a rookie season. He doesn't, and he's, injured, he's been injured so much that he doesn't have a ton of miles on him. Yeah, that's uh, a good point. Truthfully. So it is, in theory, possible he's got a few <laughs> more years of you know, the similar production.
1: Well, but similar production means missing games every year, so.
0: Right, right, It's like a blessing and a curse, but he can, you can get 13 games of, you know, 4.8 yards a carry, you'll take it.
1: Even with the problems they had with with Foster being banged up last year, with the quarterback situation, they had the, the 17th ranked uh, offense and, and they scored the 14th most points. And again, we said they went nine and seven and their point differential was plus 65. So really they were more like a, a 10 and six team. So they were essentially a playoff team. You almost, if you could get a repeat of what you got a quarterback last year from Fitzpatrick, <coughs> from, from, from Ryan Mallett and company, it seems like, you know, this still is a playoff team, but a lot of that hinges on the defense being really good and, of course, JJ Watt being otherworldly. So, should we turn to the defense or, or Akiva, do you want to play your name game first?
0: Oh, obviously. America's demanding that we play
1: the name game. All right. So, why don't you tell Yoni what he's in for?
0: Okay. So, we like to play, I believe we call this the roster game. And, oh, sorry. Uh, I'm just going to uh, fire off. You're going to pick a number. It's not going to be a jersey number. It's just going to be a okay, random number from 0 to 100, and I'm going to give you an arbitrarily assigned uh, Texans player, and you're going to give us a couple Let's sentences do, uh, about 82. that player. Okay? Times, Cecil Short.
2: He's not, he's not your prototypical number two receiver. I kind of like him more in, a, in the slot. I think he could do more things there. But he's somewhat shifty. He's got some speed in the – I think it was the first preseason game or maybe one where Hoyer threw a, a quick slant him across the field, and he took off and went with it the distance. So – uh there's some sort of excitement when you can get Cecil Shorts the ball, um, but we have to get Cecil Shorts the ball. That could be the bigger problem.
0: Right. Uh, another number.
2: Uh, let's go 33. Cody White. I think we're going that's offensive line there. Okay. I wonder if we'll make the roster at this point. I mean, that's, yeah. that's pretty much it. All right. One more. One more. Okay. Uh, why don't we go 99? Okay. 99. Who's am <laughs> no, just Jace Davis. Are we talking receiver there? I'm just making sure I know my uh, my training camp guys.
0: Yes, receiver. Do you have two Jace Davises on the Texans? Because I'd like to hear about that. <laughs> yes, yes. He's a, no, these are. Listen, when we did it, I started this with Chester and the Vikings. And the first guy he got, I believe, was the backup long snapper who was like. I went on a rant, but snapper.
1: why would I need to know the backup long snapper? Our long snapper has been here for 11 years. Yeah, you know, he's an institution in Minnesota. He's, you know, and then the next day they cut him and the backup who I never heard of is right, now our long I mean, snapper. Guess, so.
0: um, and since, you know, this is a, a little bit unusual that. Uh, They're on Hard
2: Knocks about maybe kind of showing some things that you don't want other teams to see. But honestly, I've enjoyed the heck out of the series. I've never actually watched it from another team. This is my first time watching it. I think they do a really good job. And I was actually telling one of my friends the other day, I really kind of wish, it doesn't have to be HBO, but I kind of wish the NFL or maybe even just teams on their own kind of ran something similar to Hard Knocks where where fans could just get an inside look of what these players do. Uh, I thought it was really cool kind of just seeing how players interact in the, in the locker room, uh, what coaches say in the huddle. Obviously, you could censor some things and whatnot. But, uh, I, I mean, I'm really enjoying Hard Knocks from a Texans fan standpoint. Um, I'm not sure how other fans kind of see it, if it's just kind of boring, if it's just, you know, whatever to them. But I'm really enjoying it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is a lot of fun when it's your team because you're like, oh, I've, you know, heard about this guy for seven years. But he's like, you know, the fifth linebacker on the team. So I've never even heard him speak. And you're like you're meeting his wife or something, and it's actually very interesting in terms of every team doing it. Uh, yeah, it's a good idea, I think, in theory. But it's it's you know if you like think about the production, HBO must have like 50 cameramen there. It's got to be incredibly expensive. And there's editor. I, I knew um, someone who like logged for them when they were like right out of college. And, you know, they have like 50 people who are probably just being paid to like log every minute of it. like any reality show. You know, just write what happened here and you know flag it if it's interesting. So. It's, you know, there's hundreds of people in the production, uh, so it's probably, super I've,
1: yeah. Exciting, I've so. watched, I think there were two that came and, uh, out. Are, far. Have you guys been watching soft knocks on uh, H on uh, CBS in Houston? What's yeah, this? Big, What's this? So, uh, Ben Jones, uh, the offensive lineman for Houston, they have this thing called soft knocks. It's like they're asking these lightheaded questions, it's you know, like to, to sort of counteract hard knocks. And, and Ben yeah. Jones seems like a really entertaining guy. He was asked, uh, you know, uh, do dumper or, or marry. I guess uh, is a uh, nicer way yep. of saying it, and uh, you know he was the only guy I think who they interviewed who actually was willing to make some picks. He talked about drinking his own urine, if I'm not mistaken. There's there's a lot of gold that uh, is falling through the cracks of hard knocks, and so soft knocks is there to pick it up.
0: I didn't even know it existed. Well, wow.
1: there you go. Um All right, so on that note, let's jump to the defense, and I, th- I think right at, right up front on the defense, it's it's similar to the the offense in the, in that you were saying that a lot is going to hinge on the health of Arian Foster. On the defensive line, of course, you have J.J. Watt, who's all world, but they also added Jadevian Clowney, who was supposed to be sort of, you know, pairing with Watt, make make that defensive line basically just unbearable for any opposing quarterback. And Clowney obviously missed last year. Process. It looks like
2: he's going to hit week one, but probably not at the, you know, he's where he's playing 90 or a full, full set of snaps on defense. Um, the Texans do have, uh, you know, Whitney, Whitney Merciless on the other side and you know, they hope they have a, you know, between John Simon, Courtney Brown, who you might have seen on Hard Knocks, also make a few plays with the interception touchdown and a few sacks against the Niners in the off- in the preseason. But Clowney's the guy they want because you have J.J. Watt, who pretty much commands two or even three guys at times every day. Uh, they added Vince Wilfork also, also, who's going to command one or two guys just up the middle. So then Jadavian Clowney should theoretically have one-on-ones almost every snap. And that's a guy that you draft him one overall. You're expecting him to beat any guy at any time. Um, and that's what they're working to do, you know. He's 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 pretty much in college. He kinda got away with a lot of just simply being the biggest guy on the field where he could just outrun, out 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 anything, any lineman. And the NFL it's different and that's what he's gonna be learning. Last year he was pretty much banged up all year after I think it was the second quarter of the first game. So it's hard to judge him based on that. But these surgeries, these microfaxer surgeries are known to to, you know, when someone like Van Clowney pretty much relies on athleticism and microfracture surgery could easily, uh, hinder that ability these days, so. It'll be very interesting to see if that athleticism is anywhere near his college day levels. And if it is, uh, Texans fans have to be excited.
0: So I like to go through a deep dive of the roster when we're, uh, you know, preparing to talk to any fan. And you actually seem very rational and not, you know, a lot of times for I don't know why, but I, you know, sometimes we'll come on. I'll expect the guy to be like, you know, super biased about his team and like, yeah, the Texans are going to win the Super Bowl. You know, Brian Hoyer is probably going to be, you know, second team all pro, but you seem pretty rational. So really looking at the roster and again, you know, these players much better than I do. And I'm, you know, using a lot of watching a few games of them, seeing what people say, you know, reading their pro football focus grades, stuff like that. In terms of overall depth past your, you know, top heavy players, which is, you yeah, know, J.J. J. Watt. And, Hopkins, uh, you know, and uh, I guess, the, who would you who would you consider in that right. tier on your team? Jonathan Joseph, probably. Yeah, Dwayne Brown, maybe you know, even Kare- Derek Newton, but yeah. Foster, DeAndre Hopkins, maybe Kareem Jackson, the left tackle. After that, it's very bare, it seems to me. Like, uh in you know, good or above players uh on your team. Only nine, that's one of the lowest, if not the lowest, in the whole league. Maybe the Jaguars have less. You know, part of it is injuries. You know, you could get a guy like Clowney who could obviously become elite uh and has no grade right now. But uh it, do you see the, the the team that way? And obviously a couple of these guys, uh, you know, Will Fork is is you know on that list, but who knows how long he's gonna be around for. Like, do, do you see like the core of the roster yeah. from I, I? We like to talk about like two to fifty three, meaning everyone other than the quarterback. But for you guys, it's two to fifty three, everybody other than Watt.
2: I think Jared Crick is an interesting name, only really because you know he lines up opposite Watt, so that's a guy that again also should have one on ones. And he was a potential first round pick coming out of college, but then he had I believe he had an injury, so he fell to the fourth. Um, he's a guy that could be in line for a huge year, and people are expecting things. We didn't really mention much about Brian Cushing, but. Everyone says, all reports are, you know, every year you have that guy that, that was supposed to be really good, kind of got injured, and they're saying, oh, he's 100% healthy. And, you know, even he admitted to the media that he was lying a lot. But this year, I mean, you could see in preseason, he's running all over the place. Looks like the Brian Cushing of old, which would be huge for the Texans if they could get that inside linebacker. A lot of Cushing's wife on, on hard knocks lives, also. Def- <laughs> yeah, and a lot of uh, puking lately. Secondary is where you don't hear many names outside of Jonathan Joseph and Kareem Jackson, but a lot of guys... Kevin Johnson looks like he could be one of the better cornerbacks in the league soon. Uh, they're excited about A.J. Bouye, who's like the fourth corner. Uh, Raheem Moore, who they signed from Denver, who's has some issues in the run, but that guy has, you know, ball skills, except when you're throwing a deep ball to Jacoby Jones in the playoffs. But otherwise, he's got at Ooh, strong safety. Soon. Yeah, he's got some – I'm sorry. He's got some ball skills. T. V. Brown from the Giants, who – be serviceable. Quentin Dems who they just resigned. made some plays in the in the preseason. So I'm a, again a bit more higher on those guys. Mike Muhammad is a name at inside linebacker also who you may hear soon that can make plays that Bill O'Brien really loves. So I think I would say they're probably league average in terms of in terms of their average guys. That may be me being a little more higher than other people, which is fair. But it's I'm actually kind of excited about a lot of these players. I think there's there's some potential with them.
0: The pro-Texans thing that you could really you know, the case you would make is like, you know, you're a fan of Team X, the Chargers, let's say you have the Texans the next week. You're not happy about it. You're not like, oh, great. The Texans have a crappy quarterback. You're like, oh, my God, like, you know, hopefully we could block Watt like half the time. Yeah, I feel like. And you guys have that going for you for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, look, you can't not be a fan of J.J. Watt. And he's he's very entertaining on and off the field. But there's a little bit of a phoniness there that kind of annoys me. Like he was, you know, he was really hating on poor Zach Mettenberger last year for the <laughs> selfie. But JJ wants a guy who does all this kinds of stuff on social media, and then he pretends not to. Like he pretends not to know what bay means. He pretends he lives in a rustic cabin in Wisconsin when in reality we saw it and it's, you know, it's it's a it's like a fancy beautiful house that just happens to have, you know, wood on the outside. Um you know, <laughs> JJ. You're the best, you're the best player in the world right now. Don't, uh, you know, you don't have to front.
0: All right. So let's get to the schedule. Chester, you want to lead it off?
1: Yeah, let's move to the schedule now that I got that off my chest. And hopefully he doesn't actually hear it because he could probably destroy me just by blinking. By
0: the way, Um, Madison Avenue pushing J.J. Watt as the biggest star in the league. Uh, Fifth Avenue or wherever the NFL office is nowadays, uh, not pushing the Texans and and JJ Watt is a big star. Looking at this schedule,
1: well, it's just hard. It's hard, you know, for a defensive player. The fact that he was an MVP candidate last year shows how insanely good he was. Because for any defensive player to get the MVP is rare, and for a guy to do it on a nine and seven team who doesn't get national attention is is even more incredible. But this schedule, you know, you said they don't have a lot. They only have two primetime games. So people aren't going to see a lot of them this year on TV, but the benefit for the Texans is I think it's a really easy schedule. They get you know first of all they have possibly the two worst teams in football. Then they get to play four games against them. They also get to play the worst division in football. They get four games against the NFC South. So let's go through the schedule and let's see if Yoni sees it as a as another eight and eight nine and seven season or, or maybe more or maybe less. Week one you start at home against Kansas City,
2: right? And uh so Kansas City is kind of a interesting team. They're kind of, I mean, I kind of look at them similar to the Texans and just in terms of what, you know, what they could do this year, but uh, um, you know, they added Jeremy Macklin. They've got a pretty good defense also Um, in theory. That's, you know, that's almost a a game that could pretty much determine your season pretty early because, because that's a team that those are those middle of the pack teams that you should be able to beat if you're going to be in the playoffs. Um, I'd like to think they're going to win that game. Um, I could see it honestly going either way. Again, a lot of it has to do with Brian Hoyer and how the Texans, because the Texans' offenses look pretty terrible the first two weeks in the preseason. You, you can't really take much from that, but it's something. So uh, it's very interesting. They'll, they'll be at home, so I suppose, I don't know. I haven't seen the line, but I, I would guess they're favorites. So, but I'd take them to win, I guess, week one. Okay. And then week two on the road at Carolina. Week two at Carolina. Uh, without Kelvin Benjamin, Carolina, again, they also have a pretty solid defense. But there's not, uh, you know, you, you mentioned that when, when teams kind of look at the Texans on their schedule, they're, they're worried about J.J. Watt. I, you know, I look at Carolina. I'm not really worried about anyone. Cam Newton's a pretty good quarterback, but, you know, I trust my defense. It's funny because this year my, uh, a lot of fans will watch, you know, if, if they're busy or whatever, they'll watch their team on offense, but they won't look at defense. I'm probably, if anything, more likely to watch on defense and kind of just mute, shut the TV, go look at something else while the Texans are on offense. So uh, with, with the Panthers, <laughs> wait, if
0: somebody's <laughs> not watching their team, are you talking about preseason? Because if somebody's not watching their team on one side of the ball, that's not really a fan. No, I of agree, the team. but that's but, like, but,
2: oh, shots. No, fired. I agree, but I think. But I, you know, I I know people that actually just do in your that. hypothetical,
0: yeah, you're yeah, saying yeah. you'd rather watch them on yeah, defense. Yeah,
1: because you know, an offense is great. A three and out here, and a- so yeah, I see what you're saying. All right, so now you have them at two and zero, and the schedule gets probably even easier at home against uh in Tampa Bay.
2: Right Tampa Bay. I mean, you you would think it's kind of a walk through there. It's weird because, like, you know, I I could say in theory that they're going to win these games, but let's say of the you know the six, seven, eight easy games on the schedule, they're probably going to lose you know two or three of them it's just a matter of which ones i mean tampa's a, again a team they should beat why not you know all right so 3 and 0 and now you go on the road to face atlanta so that's that's one of them you know they 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 could win they should win but you know i'll put them there on the road I, you know i'll give them a loss there just cuz matt ryan julio jones i mean jonathan joseph i think is more of a name at this point of his career than he is a shutdown corner i think kareem jackson is the best corner on the team um but julio jones is You know, if not the best receiver in the league, one of the top three, four. So uh, that's, you know, whoever we put there, Julio is probably going to beat them. And uh, Matt Ryan's a good quarterback. I think he kind of gets thrown, not under the bus necessarily, but he's kind of just... Matt Ryan to people these days he's a good quarterback though so uh you know again I can see the Texans
1: winning but for the sake of this let's put them as a loss here so now you're three and one and they also might be looking ahead on the schedule because they have a short week and then Thursday night they play probably their biggest rivals right now uh Indianapolis at home against Andrew Luck and the Colts
2: yeah that'll be that'll be just an interesting thing because Texans again their best place is on defense and the Colts are on offense so something's got to give there uh, I'd like that that's a game that you know if they win that huge huge for their for their season but uh at home Thursday night short week let's give them a loss
1: there all right so now they drop to three and two and and let me ask you know the Colts are are your biggest rivals now I assume and it's a, it's a franchise without a long history so over the last 10 12 years have do you consider the Colts your biggest rival or, or who has it been yeah I'd say
2: so um the Colts are always the team I don't think we've actually beaten them on the road yet um Peyton Manning's obviously been there yeah I I believe they've never beaten them on the road yet if not maybe they did what about
0: does Dallas a bigger bigger rival than Indianapolis in general or no because you don't play them
2: no it's that's such a made-up rivalry to me obviously when we play Dallas we want to beat them but I mean, you're playing Indianapolis twice a year and you're playing Dallas once every four years. It's just it's just not possible to be bigger, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. as a Jets fan, like a lot of the Jets fans hate the Giants more. Uh, but, you know, we're sharing a stadium. It's a little different. Let
1: me ask you a question, actually. Um, you know, as I said, Houston only you're you're about 30 years old or so, Yoni. Is that right? I am 23.
0: Oh, oh my god!
1: <laughs> Holy oh, cow! These guests are so young. So, so I was, young. I was you have gonna your say- whole life
0: ahead of you. What are you wasting time with us right now?
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say so. I was going to say so. Most of your life you haven't had the Texans, but I guess most of your life you have uh, but but so so I guess it changes the calculation quite a bit because I was going to ask you you know do you the even remember
0: how- a time when there were no Texans, Yoni?
1: So I
2: remember a time. I don't remember the Oilers, <laughs> but I remember a time when you was don't, was don't remember the years.
0: Oilers. Oh man! So
2: oh, so boy. are you
1: not a Warren Moon fan?
2: I, I've never seen Warren Moon play, so like to me he's kind of just. Oh, cr- very well. But well you, saw on, you saw him
1: on the Vikings and see. Oh, but maybe wow, twenty three. You're really young. All right. So I was going to ask you. Mm-hmm. You're the editor of House of Houston, so you cover all the Houston teams. Right. And and but I guess I'm asking both as a fan and as somebody who follows the teams. It, how would you rank your teams? And my question was going to be because I was going to assume that you've had the Rockets and you've had the Astros your whole life and then the Texans sort of come into the picture in the middle i guess that's less true for you but how would you rank your teams in terms of you know your rooting interest and where they lie in your heart yeah i get asked this question so
2: many times and uh, it's hard i think the Astros are my number 1 and then uh, i put Texans at 2 and Rockets at 3 i mean I, oh, wow. I, I mean i love them all but like even like a lot of people baseball's kind of at least to many seems to be a dying sport but i you know i could sit down and watch a an Astros game you know any day of the week and sit through it and watch it all but could um, you sit
0: down and watch a Twins Royals game? No, not at all. Twins so that's Royals. Base, that's baseball's problem a little bit, that right. you, oh, people only want to watch their team. Yeah. I mean, I won't watch the World Series, like, you know, the first few games of the World Series if my team's not in it, which they never are. If
1: you don't have a rooting interest in the game, baseball can get very boring. That's mm-hmm. I think that's a fair thing to say. Well, and let me ask you, what do you think the ranking is in the city of Houston writ large among sports fans? Uh,
2: it's, a, it's a football city. I mean, actually, I, I actually hate the term football city, baseball city, because, you know, you could be all three, but... Clearly, football dominates in Houston, uh, and you know, in any radio t- ratings, uh, TV ratings, and in anything. Like I think uh, Hard Knocks had a larger uh, audience than the than the Tex- than the Astros Yankees game this past week. Um, a lot of that had to do with just the Astros were winning. I think nine nothing by the time uh, Hard Knocks was turned on. It was close, but but uh, I think that just goes to show you that. You know, football dominates here.
0: So you haven't had any success also because you were pre-Rockets winning, post-Rockets winning the titles.
2: Right. Since then, there's been nothing. I mean, the soccer teams
1: won a lot, in the WNBA franchise, the Comets. Oh, is it, is it, please, it doesn't that even the exist dynamo? anymore. Is that the is that the Dynamo? Yeah, the Dynamo. Oh, I'm glad I knew that. It's interesting. You know, I know obviously Texas is a, is a football state, and, and Houston's football town through and through. But and and that's true, obviously, at the high school level and at the collegiate level. But I was interested to hear if it's also at the professional level. You know, I'm from Minnesota, and Minnesota high school hockey is what you know Texas football is, and what Indiana basketball is, and and Minnesota. In college hockey, also, they're obsessed, of course. I think like five of the teams in their conference in Division I are from Minnesota, whereas the whole state only has one Division I school in other sports. But for me personally, the Wild, because, you know, I lost the North Stars when I was 10 years old. And because the Wild came when I was a teenager, I just wasn't invested in them as much. And so they've always been a very distant fourth behind the Vikings and the Twins and the Timberwolves, because those teams I've known, you know, the Timberwolves came when I was six, but, you know, effectively I've known them for almost my whole life. So it's interesting that, that even though Houston, the Texans only came into the league about what, fifteen years ago, they're already sort of the number one team in town among most fans.
2: Yeah, It's interesting, but
1: I guess, you know, the Oilers were really loved here. So Yeah, and it's similar, you know, I I still I still rooted for the North Stars when they were when they went to Dallas and when they were uh in, in the cup finals in nineteen ninety eight, I believe it was, against Buffalo. And then I and then I slowly stopped supporting them. Do people in Houston continue to support the uh, the Oilers when they went to Tennessee for a while. Or no, there's very few Titan fans. If anything, there's a lot of Cowboy fans in
2: Houston, which is which is probably where you know the so-called rivalry between the Cowboys and Texans come from. Just because there's so many Cowboy fans in Houston, but yeah. uh, I think it also helped the fact that you know the, I don't remember the exact year the Oilers left, but the Texans came back in 2002. I don't think it was so much time between two franchises. So that might have helped also. But
1: but for, but, but for people like, I don't know if you have older siblings or cousins or parents who were fans of, of the Oilers or maybe even the Cowboys. How did that sort of that switch of loyalty to the Texans? How did that work? For the most part, I
2: think uh, from the people I know, a lot of them switched back to the Texans. I think there are a few that stayed Cowboys,
1: though. Ooh. All right. So let's get back to the schedule. You're 3-2, and two, uh, a tough loss at home against the Colts. Now you go to Florida for two weeks, first to face Jacksonville.
2: Yeah, that's a, that should be a pretty easy win, I would, I would assume. I mean, Bortles, I'm a little higher on Bo- Bortles than other people, maybe. But uh, you've got to beat the Jaguars if you're going to contend. All right. So you're 4-2. and two. Then you then you go further south to face Miami. Ah, uh, that's a pretty. It's a wild card game, actually. I think the Texans have always. I don't know if the my Dolphins have ever beaten the Texans. Actually, I think the Dolphins think have told me that I don't recently. Think they, I think
0: they're like six and zero or something. Yeah, yeah
2: but Tannehill should could be in line for a huge year. Uh, they've improved their receivers a lot with you know they have Stills there. They, <laughs> they drafted Devontae Parker, um, so on offense they brought in Jordan Cameron at tight end. They're uh, intriguing. You know, that game could go both ways, but you know,
1: we could give the Dolphins the win there. Yeah, you're 7-0 all-time against the Dolphins. That would be the first Dolphins win. You've also never lost to the Bears, and there's only two teams you've never beaten, uh, both in the NFC. Do you have any guess who they are? Um yeah. And it's an NFC team, so it's probably... Two teams. There's two of them. The Packers? You're one and two against the Packers. All right. Uh, it's the Vikings and the Eagles.
2: Ah, the Eagles. Interesting. That makes sense. And the Vikings, actually, I was thinking, but I just wasn't sure. I
1: mean, there's probably teams they've only played three times, though. Yeah, they've oh, yeah they've only played the Vikings three times, and they're 0-3, and they're 3-0 and against the Bears. But now you're 4-3 and losing at Miami, and now you come home last game before the bye against Marcus Mariota and the Titans. Yeah,
2: it's a, a home game we've... Yeah, Titans are, they, you know, it's also somewhat of a rivalry, obviously. So uh fans are amped for that one. Players are usually amped for that one. That should be a pretty good win there. All
0: right, so then after the bye, which you have at the uh, perfect exact midway point, you guys have your only, you know, real prime time. I mean, the Thursday night at CBS games are, I guess those are big games now, but your you're only, uh, you know, Sunday or Monday night game of the year, and that's Monday night at Cincinnati.
2: Yeah, after a bye, I don't, Andy Dalton, never been a huge fan of Dalton, but... uh you know, uh, we've also beaten them in the playoffs a bunch, so that's always fun. But uh, I'll give the Bengals the win there. You know, Dalton, on, Dalton on Monday Night Football. Yeah, that's that's not a great track record. That's yeah, that's true. He doesn't usually play well on uh, prime time. But uh, you know, I, I don't mind giving them the win there. I mean, prefer not. But you know,
0: and then you guys, uh, you go home for a couple games. You host the Jets.
2: Yeah, it should be a win there.
0: And then you host the Saints.
2: So that that one will be interesting. I'm very curious to see how New Orleans looks this year with with no Jimmy Graham. Uh, Cooks is supposed to, you know, could break out, but Colson's getting older. That's, that's a game, I'll give him a win there, actually.
0: I mean, they're, they're similar to you in a sense that they're just insanely reliant on one player. Like, yeah. there are teams with good quarterbacks, obviously, like the Patriots and the, you know, the Colts and the Broncos, like, that have lots of other good players. The Saints, it's just don't like, it. not that they have no other good players, but they're just so reliant on Brees. Yeah. And, and then you guys go to Buffalo. To Buffalo so
2: uh they get kind of lucky in that it's early December but it could be cold but ironically the Texans actually I think have played pretty well in cold weather
0: Brian Hoyer's a uh, cold weather QB I just
2: made that up <laughs> I mean well, he, played, QB, he, played yeah. he played in Cleveland played in Cleveland yeah <laughs> so, uh, he sucked I guess that last month also but that's well, good well was thing. he
0: good in Cleveland no he wasn't good.
2: right
1: <laughs> well they were six and three last year something
2: <laughs> yeah but uh buffalo is a pretty terrible team i think uh rex ryan just announced oh. that ej Manuel should be starting so uh oh did JJ he really Watt,
1: yeah it's wait i thought he was i thought he was third string behind yeah Castle we've been we've Akibis been on the Tyler taylor, taylor. Uh, oh Ragnarok no I, I happen to
2: agree with you also but i think he announced that he's at least he's you know he's starting um the, the third preseason game so we'll see um there but uh
1: wait but hold on y- yoni yoni it's it's monday today uh the third preseason game happened a couple days ago yeah i just forgot that, that
2: too. <laughs> <laughs> the magic of podcasting
0: so then you guys at eight and four uh host bill belichick and the patriots you know you have to come in and
2: say they're gonna lose there it's kind of interesting because like if you go talk to opposing fans i mean i'm sure you've done this and like probably everyone has had the uh, the patriots losing you know when they, you know, in the face of Patriots that they're going to lose to the Patriots. So like, you know, then I guess the Patriots are going to go sixteen and zero according to everyone else. But you know, you ask a Patriots fan, they'll probably be more realistic. But uh, it's a whole well, on game. On Friday, on
1: a Friday, we had a
0: team that went sixteen and zero. Actually, <laughs> really, That's
1: yeah, pretty exciting. That, that was that was that was the New York Giants. Oh, well, and I'm, they're they
0: are beating the Patriots according to their fan. Wow.
2: Well, they have had some success against them, I guess. So. Yes. Uh... <laughs> So maybe, but uh, no, nah, uh, you know, you can't come into a Patriots game expecting to win. Um so I'm going to
0: have them lose there. And then you guys close out with uh one uh more game with each of your division opponents, starting with a game in Indy. Yeah, no, they're they're losing that one. So but that's 8 and 6 and that's really where you guys want to be because if you're 8 and 6 needing two wins to make the playoffs against Tennessee and Jacksonville, like that's all you can ask from a playoff team, no.
2: Yeah. I mean, so like they were last year, they were nine and seven with, you know, four different starting quarterbacks. Their team is better this year. I think, you know, they lost Andre Johnson, but otherwise their defense looks a lot better with a healthy Cushing, with Will Fork there. They brought in Raheem Moore at safety. Um, Players also, you you kind of assume or you hope at least players get better, Um, at least the younger guys.
0: Well, on every team, they get better.
1: But the issue they have is they're eight and six, but they've been swept by the Colts. So the Colts have probably. Yeah, they're not winning the
0: division in in this hypothetical.
1: And and so now 10 and six. Remember, three teams went 10 and six in the AFC North last year. You still have Kansas City and San Diego who think they're making the playoffs in the West.
0: Yeah, but he'll sign for uh, you'll sign for 10 and six right now. Right. I
1: will sign for 10 and six with a playoff spot. I'm not sure, you know. well, No,
0: no. you all you're signing is 10 and six. You don't know if they're in the playoffs or not.
1: Yeah. And also, just remember, this is a ten and six where we said they lost to Miami, so they would lose a tiebreaker there. Wait, oh, hold on. My do do we have a ten and six? Wait, hold on. Do we have wins against Tennessee and Jacksonville in the last two yeah, weeks? Yeah. Okay, all right. So we're at ten and six. Yeah. So, so you lose a tiebreaker to Miami if that's relevant. Um, you lose a tiebreaker to Cincinnati if that's relevant. You know, you win one against Kansas City if that's relevant. So. I'm not sure that in the AFC, uh, you know, ten and six is an automatic playoff spot. Houston thought that they could make the playoffs last year, and I think I think they're right on the cusp, which is what Yoni says. He sees them at ten and six, as Yoni said, he's not he's not going to sign on to ten and six. He wants to sign on to a playoff spot.
0: Now, this is a high class problem. You go to ten and six, and you worry about it then. Yeah, L- their quarterback is Brian Hoyer. You know, they ten and six is a blessing.
1: Yeah, and, and this is a team that's made the playoffs twice ever, so you know beggars can't be choosers exactly. i guess right all right so you know yoni thanks for joining us uh once again yoni can be found on twitter at yoni pollock that's p-o-l-l-a-k and i think uh, house of houston where you are the editor that's house of houston on twitter yep, right pretty simple good luck to the texans this year uh thanks yoni for joining us uh akiva t- tomorrow i think we're gonna go for a uh, an nfc bird doubleheader. we're gonna uh, deal with both the arizona cardinals and the philadelphia eagles
0: that's a great selling point Two birds. Let me ask you.
1: Let me well. Let me ask you uh, from a bird perspective. Which is the better bird, the cardinal or the eagle?
0: I don't know anything about any animals. I'll be honest.
1: Well, I'm, not, I'm not asking for like your ornithological. Uh, I have you no know, idea. What do you mean does opinion? that mean?
0: What's better? Like, what would win in
1: a fight? An eagle. You, defi- you define better how you want. I mean, eagle's the easy patriotic answer. The cardinal's a, a nice looking bird, although it's too identified with St. Louis, in my opinion, which is a garbage town. Is that hot yeah, garbage? It's, it's, it's hot garbage. You know what? There, we've had too much hate on Florida. Not that Florida doesn't deserve it, but let's spread the hate around. St. Louis, you're another garbage town. St. Yeah, St. Louis we don't mess fans. with Texas. Houston is cool. I've <laughs> never been to the state of Texas. Missing I out. went
0: once. I went to uh, – uh, I flew in for a Texas Rangers game, and I flew out in the morning. Yoni,
1: rank Texas cities. Go. Top five. Houston uh, Houston won incorrect um, san antonio one yeah i've
0: never been to san antonio m-
1: yeah most people have to say like <laughs> austin or dallas right like houston gets a lot of hate from folks yeah, when no they sure had the why. super bowl it. <laughs> all
2: right you <UF> have <laughs> houston
1: one what's next what's next uh, yeah
2: i'd go austin too it's a pretty cool city i've been there uh san antonio three never been there but you know i hear a lot of good things el paso four <laughs> Ooh, um, laredo and,
0: five w- and then no dallas i was coming.
2: gonna go uh, i think it's waco Waco. The, Waco. You know, oh.
0: yeah. Wait. I like that you didn't. That, wait. You grew up in Texas your whole life. You didn't know it was Waco. It was one of
1: those, you know. A, but hold on. But Houston, 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 and Dallas are big rivals. You guys hate each other, right? Yeah. If we
0: continue to the top 100, with Dallas, have been in the top. We've been in the top 100.
1: No. Oh, I should have mentioned
2: Dillon Texas. You know, that's a you know, with Friday Night Lights. All
1: right. So Yoni, thanks again for joining us. Uh, tomorrow we'll be back with those double birds. Have a good night. no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions
2: apply with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere
0: this is your captain speaking Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add
1: up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky